Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Good morning. This is Bitcoin and for October 19th, 2018. This is going to be episode 18. Uh, I'm impressed with myself. Can't help it. I, I've... Uh, like I said, a long time ago, some uh, apparently after about 12 episodes and people doing podcasts, they kind of just peter out. So I'm doing my best to make sure that I get frequency and uh, and I'm working on quality. Um, today's going to be a little bit better, I think, because I'm practicing, right? So uh, let's get right into vitals. Uh, <clears throat> Bitcoin is sitting at 6,500 as an average. And it looks like the uh, top is going to be Gemini. No, actually not Gemini. I'm so sorry. It's going to be hit BTC with 6,568 down to a bottom of Gemini's 6,370. So there's a fair bit of spread. One million. Uh, oh, it's going up. Uh, One million uh, Bitcoin have been sent over the last 24 hours with an average of 43,450 BTC sent. Uh, The average transaction value is 4.26 BTC and the median transaction value is 0.46 BTC for a value USD value of 298.71. Block time is over 10 minutes at 10 minutes, 31 seconds. Uh, The blocks over the last 24 hours is 132. So that means that it's been over the 10 minute mark for quite a while. Uh, Blocks average per hour is still six. The reward per block, we know it's 1250 BTC, but the fees are 0.1321 per block and 17.44 BTC in fees for the blocks of the last uh, 24 hours. The hash rate has, oh, I'm sorry, I read the wrong thing. The hash rate has gone down by 7% uh, in the last 24 hours to 49 exahashes. Across the board, Ethereum's at 204, Bcash is at, excuse me, 437. Litecoin is at $53.51. Dogecoin is at 0.0044. Transaction comparisons. uh, Dogecoin is still over Bcash. Litecoin is still more transactions per 24 hours than Bcash. Yep. Yeah, even in the uh, average or the average per hour transactions. Dogecoin and Litecoin are still above Bcash, so I don't know why. Um, I just don't see the point of Bcash. I really don't. Okay, moving on to uh, the morning roundup.
So first up into the list is a tweet out of Square, at Square. They're the good people that bring you Cash App. Um, they have tweeted out, step into the hardware lab as we unbox Square Terminal with Square's hardware lead, Jesse Doro Gusker and Nerdist's Jessica Chabot. Uh, they, and what this is, Square is releasing their new terminal uh, so that uh, you can process payments at your store, restaurant, uh, booth at a farmer's market, you know, uh, whatever it is. It's really small. It's it's really nice. It's a tight looking. It's a pretty tight looking unit. Um, and they are in this in the tweet. They have included the un, uh, a full blown unboxing video, which is really which is really interesting. It'll be in my tweet timeline, and you will always be able to get to my tweet timeline through the show notes. Uh, moving on, this is a this is interesting. It is not at all Bitcoin related, but it's pretty it's pretty cool. Uh, Massive Attack are releasing an album in a new format, DNA. So Massive Attack is banned back in the day, and uh, they released an album, Mezzanine, like 20 years ago. So um, <laughs> what they're doing is interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know how valuable it really is, but what's going on is that they've they've encoded the entire album into strands of synthetic DNA. Uh, one can one spray one spray can contains around one million copies of the album. Uh, this is it, it's interesting. Like I said, how useful it is, I I, I don't know. Um, it is obviously possible. Uh, well, not possible. Obviously, DNA is a repository of a massive amount of information and can be leveraged to um, represent other information. Synthetic DNA, uh, which is in a other parlance is called synthetic gene construction, is not hard at all. I used to do it. Um, that was one of my one of my past lives was. Uh, molecular biologist, and I used to run a uh, started and ran a company that did library sequencing uh, DNA. Uh, we also did long run DNA sequencing, but one of the other things that we did was synthetic DNA construction. And we used to we would typically um, make genes that were uh, very 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 long genes. So um, it's 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 a lot of work. It, but it's not rocket science. It's not all that hard. It's just kind of it's kind of labor intensive. So this is possible. Uh, and so Mezzanine is, has released their full, you know, or a, a Massive Attack released their 20 year old album in the form of of a DNA spray. Um, just to give a little bit of it. <clears throat> uh, let's see if. I'll just read the first paragraph. Massive Attack's Mezzanine was the first album to be streamed for free online when it was released 20 years ago, and the dark paranoid beats and sparse samples have infused music ever since. To celebrate its 20th anniversary, the pioneering Bristol Dance Act offers another world debut. The reissued Mezzanine is the first album ever to be released encoded as strands of synthetic DNA. So there you go. You can just spray your buddy down with with an album it's which is I, I like I said I don't know the value of it but it is it is pretty cool however 
I mean, if you think about it this way, if you're just go like take a can of this stuff and go spray a wall, uh, or the inside of a plastic zip bag, and like a hundred years from now, it's not entirely impossible that there would be enough DNA left to reconstruct the entire album um, in a, a digital format. So it's it's I don't know it's it's neat it, it's it's neat I think it's kind of a cool deal. Um, so I tweeted out next up in the stack is I tweeted out a picture um, of this Sydney Morning Herald headline. If you want to worry about something, this is it. Central banks, investor and investors sound alarm. <clears throat> so what it is, is it's this story. It's this story about. Um, that the central banks of the UK and Australia have both raised red flags about the rapid expansion of so-called leveraged loans and associated products that have invited comparisons to the toxic debt vehicles that triggered the global finance crisis. For those of you, and until this morning, I, I did not know either what a leveraged loan was, so that's what my tweet is, is... Leveraged loan, or my tweet is that picture of the headline, but it's got the definition of leveraged loan right on it. Um, This is from Investopedia. A leveraged loan is a type of loan that is extended to companies or individuals that already have considerable amounts of debt and or a poor credit history. Lenders consider leveraged loans to carry a higher risk of default, and as a result, a leveraged loan is more costly to the borrower. So what's going on here is the same stuff that's happening pre-2008 is happening again with a different flavor. Uh, they're giving loans to people that don't, uh, that are probably not going to be able to service those loans, and it's they're apparently very, very easy to get. So you're giving loans to somebody who's already in debt and probably doesn't have a good history of being able to pay back that debt. This is not investment advice, people, but I'd buy Bitcoin. Uh, Next up in the stack is uh, another tweet that I did. Coindesk walks out of the bathroom with its fly unzipped. And if you haven't heard yet, um, apparently Coindesk... Let me... uh, get to it this is uh there's a steemit article from uh what's mostafi mostafi m-o-s-t-a-f-t-y however you want to pronounce that has written an article posted on steemit and the uh headline is coindesk removes an article about bitmain fooling investors so i looked into it and it's correct because in my tweet that I put up, and again, you'll be able to find this in, in, the, uh, in my tweet timeline, I made a video of a, a screen capture, if it'll ever come up, of a screen capture of me uh, looking for Coindesk removes an article about blockchain, and I find an actual article, or, or rather... Um, Rather, I find the um, I, I search for remove, you know, Coindesk removes article about Bitmain. And what I find is an archived link of the art of 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 that particular article that that got removed. In other words, um, let me uh, 
get the exact. Yeah. Okay. So on September the 3rd, 2018, Coindesk uh, had published an article named Bitmain Fooled Investors with Promise of Backing from uh, like some kind of like Russian. uh, It kind of cuts off. It goes dot, dot, dot or gives ellipses at that point. Uh, But it was from some Russian investors. Well, if you click on that link, uh, it comes up with a 404 error. It's been removed. And this guy that did the um, uh, that did the tweet or that made that uh, wrote the Steemit article, uh, Mustafti, I guess is the way you pronounce it, uh, kind of like broke this. So he, uh, I'm just going to read the <coughs> uh, read a couple of sentences from it. So I work as a blockchain journalist for an Arabic website. We usually depend on some English sources to report our news, and one of these sources is, of course, CoinDesk. Uh, this morning, I noticed an article titled Bitmain Fooled Investors with Promise of Backing from Russian Billionaire Fund published there. I found it interesting and decided to investigate more into it. Called a couple of sources who asked me to send them a link to the article, and after a couple of hours, I got an answer that there was a problem with the link because it got removed. You know, that that's what he's saying is that the whole damn thing got removed. So, um, is going to be like conspiracy theories, you know, all around it. But apparently a whole bunch of other people were reporting on this exact same story and only Coindesk removed it. Um, and it looks like Jihan Wu may, you know, it, there's some, there seems to be some apparent connections between Coindesk and Jihan Wu. Um, the conjecture on the street, uh, in uh, crypto Twitter parlance is that Jihan Wu forced Coindesk to take that uh, that article down. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm just reporting on what I see this morning that's going on in crypto Twitter. Moving on. Uh, Zencoinist, at Zencoinist on Twitter, uh, posts, drinking a blockachino in Switzerland on the first lightning payment coffee shop of the world. Using Eclair Wallet, to pay for it, the future is here. Uh, and then it's oh, oh at Giacomo Zucco at Mir BTC. Let's see when you guys join us for coffee, Pura Vida. And there's a picture of the uh, of the the thing outside. Now it's it, it's a kind of like a it's not a kiosk. It's a sign in the window of this store that has. Um, it looks to be like it's a framed big screen TV for this place called Energy Kitchen. And uh, there are four there are four um, QR codes in the top, in the corners with prices on it. One's a block of coffee blockchino, the other is a smoothie, then there's a sandwich, and then there's a muffin. And there's an associated video in another tweet that I put into my timeline that shows um, a video of, of a guy actually interacting with this thing. And he buys a sandwich, a muffin, and a coffee with lightning at the window, and then walks in and waits like you know, 30 seconds and the order is filled. He's already paid outside. He he already paid for his order outside of the store and then walked in and picked it up with lightning paying with Bitcoin. Technically he's he's actually paying at the Satoshi, Satoshi level, walked in, got his food, walked out with lightning network without actually having to interact with the main chain. 
without having to interact with the 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 final settlement layer that is bitcoin okay um so yeah you can buy coffee with bitcoin roger ver please just stop with all the nonsense stop with the nonsense this is going forward and you're either going to get you and your crew are either going to get left behind or you're or 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 something else i don't know but th- that is very cool and the very last thing in my stack for the roundup is uh, that video of lightning usage at a re- at a retailer, and uh, this guy actually goes through it. Take a look at it; it's you know it it's pretty cool. So that's going to do it for the morning roundup. Moving on to Marty's Bent. Friday, October 19th, 2018, issue number 343. Buyers of Last Resort. The negative feedback loop of a crisis of confidence is broken by two groups, which have plenty of overlap. Holders of Last Resort and Buyers of Last Resort. Last night, Paris Rashad published this piece on... Bitcoin buyers of last resort that I highly recommend you freaks check out. Pierre does an incredible job of comparing Bitcoin buyers of last resort to the lenders of last resort. We know all too well about in the traditional banking system and explaining how Bitcoin's order books and liquidity depth work. For as much contempt and scorn as some people have thrown towards hodlers, they are an integral part of setting a price floor that stops the panic selling that ins- that ensues after a parabolic move. There are six different types of buyers of last resort that Pierre describes in, the, in his piece. Each has a different reason and way through which they help set the price floor. <clears throat> Grow your know this morning by reading this piece and throw Pierre some medium claps while you're at it. Buying Bitcoin, or sorry, Bitcoin buying in Venezuela, and Marty's got a tweet from Ayu about Hogben, Venezuela BTC volumes still growing strong in USD local Bitcoins only. Uh, October data showed it showing continued trend, and it's just this. It's it's uh, the tweet has a picture of a graph that just shows like you know climbing up Mount Everest, right? Um, so Mar- uh, the bent is, this is only one exchange and only $25 million, but it's interesting to see the people of Venezuela seem to be gaining confidence in Bitcoin, even as the price sits $12,000 from its highs of late last year. As always, I stress that Bitcoin isn't a panacea for countries that are experiencing economic meltdown like Venezuela, but it is a very powerful tool that gives individuals in these countries some power and a vehicle to store value. Final thought, already already ready for Memorial Day weekend. Man, boy, you're starting early, Marty. Uh, We want to thank Marty for uh, uh, Marty's Bent. You can find Marty Bent on Twitter at Marty Bent and make sure that you uh, check out and subscribe and rate uh, give a a five star rating for his podcast the Tales from the Crypt podcast and Rabbit Hole Recap which is actually broadcast uh, on Tales from the Crypt uh, with his buddy uh, Matt O'Dell and if you're not following Matt O'Dell on Twitter uh, you're missing out if you're not following Marty Bent on Twitter you're missing out so that'll do it for the Marty's Bend.
Okay. I got permission from Giacomo Zucco to uh, read his fairy tale, <laughs> uh, named A Little Fairy Tale, yesterday. Uh, it's a tweet he sent out with a link to a Medium post. So it was from yesterday, so let's, let's get into it. In the central square of a small town suffering from a very high unemployment rate, three former schoolmates, Alice, Bob, and Carl, meet up again after some years. Alice. Bob, Carl, I'm so happy. After years of failed attempts, I finally got a real job. I specialized in doing something productive for other people, and they give me money in exchange. I'm finally able to sustain myself and my family. There are many other openings in the company where I work. Actually, I'm telling everybody so they can join too. Bob, (coughs) sorry, Bob, this is clearly a scam, Alice. Getting a job is impossible here. And even if it was possible, it's something inherently evil. We, we should all just trust the government and live off social security checks. Life in this town always worked like this. Only crazy anarchists or greedy capitalists would think about such perversions like getting a job. Carl, don't listen to this dinosaur, Alice. Your job is great news. Bob lives in the past, and he's jealous of his privileges because he gets a big social security check. I'm super excited for you, actually, and I have a job, too. I make a living playing roulette in the newly opened local casino just here next to us. Finally, we can both sustain ourselves and our families. Alice, um, Carl, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but that's actually impossible. Casinos are made to scam everybody who is ignorant about probability theory probability theory when a new one opens like it just happened here it's understandable that many people around it can live for some time in the delusion that the roulette could replace real jobs but eventually they all get wrecked you know the house always wins carl whoa i'm disappointed alice i thought that unlike bob you were all for free markets for freedom of contracts and exchange Now, instead, you want to force everybody to follow your one real job ideology. That's statism. Central planning. You are literally North Korea. (laughs) You want to ban casinos to prevent me from making my own choices. Bob. Sure. And she is right. You punks should all be in jail. Gambling should be illegal. You're all criminals. Alice. Hey, Wait a minute here, both of you. I never said that somebody should use violence to prevent you, Carl, or anybody else from gambling. I completely disagree with Bob here. I'm all for freedom. People will make their choices and take their responsibilities. I'm just explaining to you that probability theory tells us that casinos are scams. Have fun there if you want. But you cannot sustain yourself and your family that way in the long run, unless you are the house scamming other ignorant people. In that case, you can make money, even if that would raise some ethical concern. I would not use violence to stop you in that case either, actually, but since probability theory is my hobby, I hope casino owners in general don't get offended if I just explain to everybody who will listen that that kind of business is a scam. Maybe some of these those people falling for it actually know that, and they even enjoy it. That's entertainment business then. Cool by me. You guys go for it, but let me at least set the record straight about the truth of what's actually going on. Carl, shut up. 
Get wrecked? What the hell are you talking about, Alice? I made more money with my last roulette round than you made in this whole year of that productive job of yours. This proves that playing roulette in a casino is a sustainable strategy to make a living. I know a lot of other people who bought Lambos this way. Lambos! They are very cool cars. I can show you the Lambos. You cannot deny reality. Alice, it doesn't work that way, Carl. Yes, you can win, but you can also lose. Everybody can win a few times, and a few people can win many times. But overall, for statistical considerations, most of the people will lose most of the time. Sure, you can cherry pick X post specific colors and specific times that would have made you more money than any conceivable productive job, but you cannot predict which one. Carl, bullshit. Are you telling me that you can be 100% sure of the future outcome of your job? There's randomness there as well. Maybe your company will fail or maybe they will fire you. It's a very young company. It's always a risk. It's the same. If you can pick the right career path, I can pick the right colors at roulette. Alice, no, not really. While there's always a lot of uncertainty everywhere, there are a lot of complex, sometimes not even conscious heuristics that we use to analyze fundamentals and to frame probabilities ex ante. Sure, my specific career path may fail, but your roulette-based strategy cannot win in the long run. There's sound, logical arguments that you could use to predict that. There's uncertainty about my job, sure, but there's overall a reasonable certainty of failure in your gambling choice. Bob. Yeah, tell him, Alice. Gambling doesn't work. It cannot work. That's why it should be made illegal. Carl, shut the fuck up, Bob. Look, Alice, maybe those logical arguments and those heuristics of yours worked before, but who are you to predict the future? We cannot know the future. How can you launch serious accusations like scam if we, <clears throat> if we are just limited human beings who fail all the time at predicting the future? Maybe this time is different. Can you prove every assumption you are basing probability theory upon? Alice, nice try. If you really want to go down that path towards extreme epistemological relativism, we can possibly argue everything and its contrary forever. It may be fun. I could argue that we have no 100% mathematical certainty that we couldn't make a living just digging a hole in a random spot and finding a treasure chest. Who knows? I need a job to buy food, but actually I'm not even 100% sure that I would die if I didn't eat at all. It's just an inference from the past and from secondary sources, but I never run that kind of starving experiment on myself directly. And even if I did, Trusting my memory about that experience would still not rule out complex scenarios. Are we finished? Can we go back to some shared basic reasonable assumption about realism and common sense in order to be able to extract some useful conclusion? Carl, you're not the first one to say these bad things about casinos. A lot of people say the same. That's clearly group thinking. Also, if you don't live surrounded by gamblers and casino owners, you're really just creating an echo chamber. Maybe you are not trying to prevent me from gambling with your physical force, but your excessive confidence in your ideas offends me. So in a way, you are forcing me. This is a microaggression. 
you sound cultish in your dogmatic fixation that my gambling strategy will fail and that your productive job <clears throat> option is the only valid alternative. Oh, so I'm sorry, I got uh, your and that your productive job option is the only valid alternative to unemployment. You are like a cult leader. You also sound toxic, rude, unwelcoming. You are a job maximalist. Bob, bah, the hell with you two, with your I want to make money attitude. You're nuts, both of you, possibly even criminals. You should be arrested. Shut the fuck up, Bob. Carl, this is ma- this maximalist thing doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry, Alice. Shut the fuck up, Bob. Carl, this maximalist thing doesn't make any sense. You're making this weird term up in order to frame my rational arguments as somehow extreme. You were you were the one trying to challenge the very well-established laws of probability in order to make a living playing roulette at, in the casino. That's an extreme position. Bob's absolute closure towards any change to this stat, sad status quo is an extreme position. I'm just happy I found a job. It may fail, sure, but unemployment and social security checks did suck anyway as an alternative, and living off gambling is just impossible. So my position is actually very reasonable. The fact that other reasonable people converges towards it doesn't mean it's group thinking. The fact I don't allow gambling promoters and advertisers to waste my time whenever they like is not echo chamber. The fact I'm pretty confident about it, and I may not have the time or the will to defend it in depths every time I want to warn people about the problems with gambling doesn't mean it's dogmatic. The fact it could negatively interfere with the marketing efforts by the casino owner is unfortunate, but it doesn't mean I'm toxic. That said, whatever, if you insist in calling me maximalist, I will be happy to adopt this label. This is also a good way to explain to this moron here, our friend Bob, that me and you do not represent the same position. I disagree with you about descriptive content just as much as I disagree with him about prescriptive method. You are defending scams and superstition. He is defending statism and prohibition. But a le- but at least he knows that me and you are not the same. So yeah, okay, I'm a job maximalist now. Carl. Ah, you admit it. Ha, checkmate. You maximalists are the worst. (laughs) So, sorry. So out of touch with reality. You literally just stated that gambling is impossible. But look, a lot of people are entering that casino all the time. Just as you speak. Look, that's the mayor entering right now. That's the bishop. And there, the marshal. If this probability theory of yours disagrees with the simple reality that gambling does work, you should just ditch it ditch it in favor of reality. You are in denial. Why can't you admit that reality debunked your probability theory? Alice. Bullshit, Carl. Probability theory does tell me that casinos are scams. It doesn't tell me that scams cannot exist or even make a lot of victims for very long time frames among ignorant people, especially since they want to believe in easy money. For some time after a new casino opened up, the number of people believing the misleading claims made by the casino owner over probability-based arguments could even be overwhelming. Feedback loops are very slow with this kind of stuff. 
even when the situation will eventually clear up, while reduced, there will always be some gambling activity. Maybe that specific casino will close down. Maybe the roulette will be replaced by something else. But scams aren't going away. There's nothing in the theory implying that they will. But they will never work as an overall sustainable way to make a living either. Carl, okay, okay. Maybe you were right, and we can say that roulette is not a a sustainable way to make a living in the long term. But what about that very smart poker player I've heard about using a mix of scientific methods and psychological skills in order to win more often than he loses? He's a professional poker player. He makes a living out of it. Aha, what about him? Alice, look, Carl, I'll admit there may be something interesting there, sure. But still, you're talking about one single guy possibly making a living for himself, but that's debatable with poker. Which is not, strictly speaking, pure gambling. You cannot use this cherry-picking exception to justify the addiction of thousands of people to roulette and stuff like that. Even if that guy is really turning poker into a sustainable profession, it's just a little drop in the giant ocean of shit we're talking about here. If we want to discuss his case specifically, okay, I'm all for it. But we cannot generalize the situation into something like gambling is a legit and sustainable way to make a living. The opposite is true. Here, let me scream in. Hold on. Here, let me scream it to all those dumb people entering the casino right now. Hey, you! The casino is a scam. Stay away from it. You're all going to lose all of your money. Get a job instead. If you don't, well, I don't like unemployment either, but you'd be better off with it than with gambling. Carl, stop, you fool. You are driving people away from this city and from the very idea of making money instead of relying on social security in general. You are playing Bob's game. They listen to those scam accusations you throw around against literally everything, which is not complying with your narrow vision of what a productive job is. You are scaring them. They were already scared enough by your get-a-productive-job ideology since they discovered that it's not egalitarian at all. If they want to apply for the open positions in your company right now, they will have to start off as interns, performing a humble task for you spoiled senior employees. That's so unfair. With roulette, they can have a fair access to the same opportunities of previous players. Alice, first of all, That everything is just an oversimplification. Clearly, I'm talking about people entering a fucking casino. So the fucking context should be clear. I'm only referring to the casino. And again, I don't feel like intellectual honesty dictates me to explicitly single out the story of that possible professional poker player. Nuances are hard to express while screaming to people entering a noisy casino. If they get the message that the casino is a scam without nuances, they'll be better off anyway. The healthier default attitude in that environment is one of skepticism. If somebody asks me about nuances, I will discuss nuances. Also, egalitarianism is a scam. You are promising them equal equal equalitarianism not egalitarianism i'm sorry guys this is me talking again um i i I misread uh giacomo's word here equalitarianism wow that's an interesting word okay so let's let's start again also equalitarianism is a scam you are promising them equal chances with the roulette but those are just equal chances at being wrecked 
My company is offering everybody the same opportunity, but the earlier you start working, the harder and smarter you work, the better off you are. That's life. Sorry it hurts your feelings, Carl. Alice, 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 listen to me, Alice. Let's discuss this privately, shall we? I'm not going to say it loud. You'll understand me, but I'm, well, I'm actually a big shareholder in the casino. It's true that people entering now to play roulette there will probably lose a lot of money, but when I play, I actually win because I get my share of the house profits. We could work together. You can have a share too. I'm not asking you to give up your evangelism effort for your productive job obsession. I'm just asking you to stop bashing the casino. Keep this boring probability theory argument for yourself, will you? That's your, what's your price? Alice, nah, thank you, but no thank you. Carl, fuck you, Alice, you toxic, dogmatic, fanatic extremist. You intolerant cult leader. You're literally a terrorist. Hey, hey, everybody, Alice here is a terrorist. I tried to reason with her, but she is actually dangerous. She will ruin all our great money-making movement. I used to get along with her her once, but I'm a post-job maximalist now. Alice, wow. Fuck you, Carl. What an asshole. Bob, hey, psst. Hey, Carl, wait a minute. Come closer. Our Alice here. She's really toxic, isn't she? So what's what's that thing that you said before about the mayor enter, entering the casino and the bishop too? They're kind of my direct points of contact in the social security bureaucracy. And the marshal? Wow. You know, Carl? While I'm forced by my position to go on bashing you both in public, surely you'll understand. I think we should work together in private. You know, this whole get a productive job madness, it's still small, but it's scary for me and my interest in the long run. I'm sure it's scary for you and your interests as well. We should work together against that madness. I cannot promote a casino, but maybe what about a national lottery? Alice, oh, come on. I mean, really, fuck you guys both. The end. That's a great fairy tale from from Giacomo. Uh, Sorry, I screwed it up in a couple of places, and I'm I'm certainly sorry I laughed, but I just can't, I can't help it. Plus, you know, if if I'm going to read something, I like, you know, I, I... I like being able to ex- express just a bit of emotion so that you know where you know where I am as I read this and I know that probably is like you know a little biased but I'm going to try to be fairly unapologetic throughout this uh doing these podcasts. Um you're never going to make everybody happy all the time so I'm not even going to start trying. So Giacomo um find Giacomo on Twitter at uh, <clears throat> Um, at Giacomo Zuko, and his name is spelled. Uh, where'd you go? G I A C O M O Z U C C O. Go follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's got lots of great content. He's been on for he O G he's O G A F man. He's been on for on in in the crypto sphere forever and ever, um, and uh, really enjoy his his content. So, uh, go to the Medium page. I've got it. Um, I'll have it in my uh, tweet timeline, and make sure you give that Medium post a, a bunch of applause because it's it kind of lays out where we are right now with the whole Bitcoin maximalist 
shitcoin minimalist, scammy players, and 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 things because everybody's kind of like battling everybody right now, and that's coming from the fact that we're you know we're uh, nine months, ten months into a bear market. You know, people are getting people are getting um, getting pissed. And I think it's it's not as much about the price as much about that everybody's bored. Because if all you're ever going to do is is think about and or talk about the price of Bitcoin, you're missing all of the cool stuff. And there's more cool stuff on the way. So uh, let me get to that. Okay, duders and dudettes, this last part of the of the podcast is going to be um, me. I, I really want to talk about um, uh, a particular a particular tweet that came over my feed that got me, you know, pumped. I just got really pumped about lightning and some other stuff, and so I want to talk about it. And and this is within the theme that I promised when I first started this podcast that we were going to talk about where Bitcoin rubs up against other systems and this is one of them man this is going to be like this is this is the edge case and as you know we've been the news about samurai wallet working with gotenna um to do transactions across mesh network um where the transaction is hopped around and then finally hits a gotenna that actually does have uh internet capabilities so that transaction transaction can then be broadcast to the main chain well i ran across this tweet today from um, not so fast and he actually tweeted it out on the 11th of October so what like last week Um, and he says time to do my part for the Bitcoin network building the mesh net inspired by Samurai Wallet and Gotenna building the cold card hashtag sneaker net inspired by Novak and CoinKite we don't need your banks now we don't need your internet. Now that's kind of got, you know, got me looking at the, at what was going on inside that tweet. So when we dive into it, um, Gene uh, replies, is anyone aware of some customization done to this device to improve distances like 20 kilometers or more? And she's referring to this, um, to the, uh, the distance that is specced out on the Gotenna uh, not sure about the Gotenna Pro, but the regular your regular run in the mill Gotenna is. I want to say that they're specking it out at something like six kilometers, uh, maybe six point four. Um, and then um, a couple of days ago, I reported on Moan, the mother of all nodes, where a guy is um, building a, a sort of like souping up the guts of a Gotenna as far as like the antenna used. Uh, uh, he's it's solar powered. It's got you know like honking batteries on it, but the but but the you know the actual unit itself is still you know the base unit for the Gotenna. So Novak, um, and if you don't if you're not if you're not uh, following uh, Rodolfo, um, the cold card wallet is sort of his his baby. That and the Open Dime. He's at N V as in Victor K on Twitter. Um, and go check out what he's doing because uh, what he's doing is very much edge case stuff with Bitcoin. 
Um, so he replies to Gene, Laura L or big L little O big R big A is tricky, but I haven't spent time, but I haven't spent some time looking for an amp that might be the easiest way. Not so fast replies to that. I've tried to tag 11X in various crypto meshnet threads, hoping to get them interested in pitching in. Novak replies, haven't you opened one? Is the antenna connector exposed? If the connector is exposed, um, a external high gain antenna would make a world of difference. And that's where I made, I, I put in my tweet um, from the story from my stack from the story that I did the other day about Moan where the guy's building that that big honking thing but after that I uh, asked him why why aren't we leveraging the hashtag ham radio operators that's a ready-made mesh network that's been relaying messages around the world for years surely there would be a way to entice their interest to where Novak replies I'm a ham and then he says, check out and gives me a Wikipedia link. And so he gives me a link to AMPRNet or AMPRNet. And you'll, you'll get this link too. So let me read, go through and read this. Um, the AMPRNet which stands for Amateur Packet Radio Network, is a name used by amateur radio operators for computer networks con- connected over amateur radio. Other names for the network include IPv4 Network 44-8 and Network 44. History and Design The use of TCPIP on amateur radio using packet radio networks precedes the appearance of the public internet. The Class A44 net block of 16.7 million IP addresses was set aside for amateur radio users worldwide, having been secured in the 1970s by Hank M- Magnuski when computer networking was in its infancy. Packet radio was used as a low-level protocol for many competing higher-level protocols. The TCP IP users were essentially a minority due to the complexity of the configuration. The low baud rates also inflamed packet node site owners as they saw the IP protocol as having too high of a protocol overhead. Where have we heard this before? Very few systems operated over HF for this reason. The best solution on 1200-9600 baud VHF networks emerged as TCP IP over rows radio amateur telecommunication societies rats open systems environment based on x.25 ccitt standard within just a few years the public internet made these solutions obsolete the rose system today is maintained by the open source fpac linux project the ampRNet is connected by wireless links and internet tunnels Due to the bandwidth limitations of the radio spectrum, VHF and UHF links are commonly 1200 baud and usually restricted to a maximum of 9600 baud. Although with the advent of mass-produced Wi-Fi equipment on 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz, this technology is now being used to provide much faster links 
on nearby amateur frequencies. 300 baud is normally used on HF. Microwave links generally do not use packet radio and instead use the commercial Wi-Fi access points, HSMM or Hinternet. The AMP net fully supports TCP IP, allowing for support of all network protocols. Oh my God. <clears throat> the the AM the AMPR net is composed of a series of subnets throughout the world. Portions of the network have point-to-point radio links to adjacent nodes while others are completely isolated. Geographically dispersed radio subnets can be connected using an IP tunnel between sites with internet connectivity. Many of these sites have a tunnel to a central router which routes between the 44-8 network and the rest of the internet using static tables updated by volunteers. Recent experimentation has moved beyond these centrally controlled static solutions to dynamic configurations provided by peer-to-peer VPN. Address Administration The internet protocol addresses in this book are in the 44.0.0.0-8 network and are available to any licensed amateur radio operator. The assigning of addresses is done by volunteer coordinators with a proviso. We do not provide the same level of response as a commercial organization. These addresses can possibly made, be made routable over the internet if fully coordinated with the volunteer administrators. Radio amateurs wanting to request IP addresses within the 44-8 network should visit the AM, AMPRnet portal. Okay, so there you have it. I think it would behoove us to chew on what this is. This is a secondary internet. And if that's not important to you, if, if, if the very thought that there has all this time been a redundant internet, then I don't think we've been paying very much then I don't think you're you're paying attention I didn't know about it but now that I know about it I'm gonna dive into this thing I don't know how and I, I I don't know where it, you know where it'll take me at all but this is important this hooked up with people like Daniela who's the CEO over at Gotenna Rodolfo Novak who's the guy from that, that's building cold card wallets that you can do all kinds of neat stuff with. It's not just a save your Bitcoin here thing. The, and he's doing the cold card stuff. And uh, samurai wallet, the Samurai Wallet guys, this is huge. Absolutely huge. With that, with that said, I am going to end it here because we've gone to 50 minutes. Um, I'm glad that you were here with me today. Um, as always, I am in a better mood now than I was when I started because when I get into this stuff, it is so exciting. There's more, there's more to this space than the price, people. And in a bear market, we I see fights breaking out all over crypto Twitter. Two of my very favorite people right now on Twitter are, are, are having it out with each other almost to the point of name calling about education. They're not talking about Bitcoin. 
They're not talking about price. They're not talking about TA. They're not shit posting. They're in a fight. They're in a fight with each other. And it, they ain't the only two people that are, are some of my favorite people. Seriously, favorite OGs of mine are swat, are taking swats at each other. They're and, and, and I'm not blaming them. I'm not saying that they suck. I'm saying that what's going on here, the, this prolonged bear market is making people crazy. And it's... And if if you allow it to really get into your head, and I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not exactly happy about the bear market. I I don't like it either. And I'm a human, and and all I can do is do my level best and not take a swipe at somebody uh, other than you know obvious scammers. And I'm talking obvious scammers, but like you know, all of a sudden I see political discussions. Oh, Trump sucks. Oh, Hillary sucks. You're blue. You suck. You're red. You suck. We're going to wipe the floor with you in November. From OG Bitcoiners, stop it. The whole reason we're here is to circumvent the circus. That's why I got into it. That's why I listened to to you guys. That's why I respect you people. That's why I'm doing this podcast, because I was inspired to actually get into the space because I saw you people getting into the space. Please, for the love of God or whatever it is that you pray to, stop fighting with each other. Please, it's not worth it. It's not going to get us anything. It's going to tear apart. It's going it, 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 to gonna fray the fabric. We need to really, really, really be careful here, people. I'm serious. We need to tread lightly over each other. We need to help each other up. This market sucks right now. And I think it's more because it's boring, because we've somehow or another just got used to looking at the price. What I just read you about about the ancillary internet that's always been here since the frickin' 70s, that's exciting. What Gotenna and Samurai Wallet are doing together as, as, as two teams coming together, rubbing their edges against each other with Bitcoin is exciting. What Rodolfo Novak is doing with Cold Card Wallet and Open Dime is exciting. The fact that Cash App entered the space is exciting. Look to these things instead of prices. Look, look to, look to this. And somebody, you know, I, I hope at least one other person, if if I can get just one other person, to give more than a couple of craps about what I just read that Rodolfo sent me. If I can get just one other person to examine it. If I can get just one other person to dive into it with me. There's, there is no stopping this stuff now. You're not shutting down radio. You're not going to shut down radio. And even if all the governments in the world got together and they all held hands and they all sang kumbaya freaking yah, we're going to kill your Bitcoin, then guess what? I'll just dump a miner and hook it up to a ham radio and we could all tell them to go squarely fuck off. So I'm sorry about the rant, but all of this is important. All of it is very important, but not as important as you guys over at us guys over at crypto Twitter 
really be let's try to start being kinder and let's just do that okay so um do try to have a good day do be excited about the future don't give a shit about the price the price is whatever the price is look at the technology that's being thrown together the technologies that are being built and now we've got teams that are saying it's like a Reese's peanut butter cup hey look I got chocolate hey I got peanut butter what happens if we shove them together well that's called an edge case I live for the edge case and so should you and meat preferably beef on a grill and beer and wine and really really good scotch Marty I'm looking at you okay guys that's it for me duders dudettes I'm out I'll see you tomorrow love to all this has been Bitcoin and and I'm your host David Bennett I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon have a great day